Looking for work, better pay, better work environment? We can help. Call Kelly Jobs today at 502-425-7131 to speak with a recruiter today. Score a better job with us. Call 502-425-7131 or visit kellyjobs.com. That's kellyjobs.com. Tired of jumping from job to job? How about a career in a recession-proof industry where you can make a difference and help create a healthier living and working environment? The pest management industry gives you the opportunity to work with more independence. OPC Pest Services will give you a chance to grow with advancement. Come be a part of our team at OPC Pest Services. Apply online at opcpest.com careers. That's opcpest.com careers. now for The Drive with Mark Ennis, presented by Fitness Market on 93.9 The Ville. Fitness Market is Louisville's premier location for home and commercial fitness equipment and electric bikes. Find them online at thefitnessmarket.com. Now here's Mark Ennis and Biggest Biscuit, also known as Dave Skull. Welcome into The Drive here on 93.9 The Ville. Mark Ennis. Dave Skull, we're uh, on the road here today. We're out here at the back door. Yeah. Uh, so come by and say hello to us. Uh, and come by and uh, you can listen in uh, here for the rest of the show here. Visit with us uh, on a Friday. Hope you are uh, warm wherever you are. Didn't get uh, too terribly much snow or anything like that. The uh, dusting, I believe is what they call that, is that the Is that the term? The dusting, yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. That makes sense. It's a dusting of snow. Yeah, anything less than an inch, that's a dusting. There you go. <laughs> Noted. I didn't know Ooh. that there was a uh, technical term uh, for that, but now I do. And I will use it appropriately going forward. We want to know Friday? Not Wednesday? <laughs> Wait, what? Oh, uh, you did the Valvano show. You know, we want to do uh, we want to know Wednesdays. Yeah, I hear you. I hear yeah. you. I was I was afraid that what you were doing was trying to get me to say that. <laughs> like as Victor says what? <laughs> <laughs> no, to get me to say the day of the week so that you could play that no. stupid, stupid song. That's not what I was doing. For once, that's not what I was okay. doing. For once, I was not baiting I'm you. I'm so ready for that now. Yeah, you are. You're on your toes. I can tell. I'm going to come up with a hundred different ways to say the day of the week without saying that that day name. <laughs> day after Thursday. Yes. I mean, day before name, Saturday. Right, I'm going to find out what the ancient Egyptians called it. Whatever. <laughs> I'm not calling it that because I'm not giving you any reasons to play that song. Uh, that's what you think. I know. Well, no, I think the scary part about that is I can be as meticulous about this as I want. It'll just Avery out. can just kind of play whenever she wants. She and I will accidentally say it without thinking. There's no question. I will say, before we get into the actual show here, I had forgotten the lyrics of, like, the rest of the song outside of It's Friday. You know, just the, the chorus, which is what we play every time. I forgot how mind-numbing <laughs> the lyrics are to the actual, like, Verses of that song. It's Everything about that song is agonizing. It's like, which do for I us and Front her, seat, I think. back seat. Like, yeah. what, what are you even talking about? For us and her, I think. She regrets it. She does. She does. I regret it, and, and I didn't make it. <laughs> I don't regret it. I'm, I'm happy it's out you, in the universe. It's risk-free for you. It doesn't it's, bother you as it. much. It's great. Well, we, look, we've got plenty that we are uh, going to get in here. We need to call Pat on Fridays, Texter says. <laughs> we do. <laughs> We gotta figure out what to call that. Yeah. If we're gonna call Pat on a regular basis on Fridays, I'll think of something. Yeah, I don't. I don't know if I want to do that every Friday. Like every once in a while, 
Well, you need to pick me up from Pat. Well, you know, if pick me up, Pat. Really quickly, if we're going to do that, then what we need to do is is have a game that we are playing while talking to him that he doesn't know about. Yeah, get him to say something. Yeah, or or you know, uh, odds on how long it takes him to mention some NASCAR driver that we don't know. That we don't know. Or yeah. Something like that. We'll have to figure out a, a broader plan of attack if we're going to do that. I, I really want it to be like Pee Wee's Playhouse where when he does it, it's like when they say the word of the day and it's oh, just right. everybody explodes. Screams. With, the yeah. couch starts, you right. know. <laughs> Man, that show was drugs. It was drugs. Playhouse. Holy cow. Most children's shows are drugs. I know. You look back on it now, you're either like, this is super boring. Why do they ever like this? Or what the heck or was I ever was watching? What was going right, on? Exactly. Yeah. Or, in some cases, if you go back and watch either some of the earliest Looney Tunes stuff or some of the early Jim Henson puppet stuff, or uh, coffee commercials and things like that, yeah. it's the most violent stuff you've ever seen in your life. <laughs> or war propaganda. Like, it's wild. It is. Uh, what used to uh, be entertainment for the old kiddos there. For 100 The war propaganda, the stuff during, like, World War II. Right. Like, trying to get people to realist, buy war and, bonds. And right. Realisting and stuff through, basically, children's cartoons. <laughs> Pretty wild. Charlie Brown and the Chocolate Factory is much darker than Willy Wonka. You mean Charlie and the Chocolate Factory? Yeah, or? yeah, Charlie and okay. where am I? Charlie Brown. You said and the Charlie Chocolate Brown. Factory. You just you, you combined a couple of different things <laughs> there. You said you said Charlie Brown and the Chocolate Factory. And I was like, is there something I missed? Is something right, going is it on a here? Char- like which which way is that? A, primarily like a Charlie Brown thing, no, or is just, it? W- it's it's you know what I mean? Weird week. I meant Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, but yeah, that go. one's so much darker than Willy Wonka. I was watching it while babysitting one day, and oh, yeah. I'm just like. Why, why was I allowed to watch this? There were other things I was allowed to watch as a toddler. But like, I will say. I shouldn't watch. But, you know, it was weird. The book, the original Roald Dahl book. book oh my is, God. No, it is darker. It oh, is a okay. little. It has a little bit more of that. Uh, the tone's a little different. Still a children's book. Still one of my favorites. But the modern movie was Tim Burton and Johnny Depp. I never saw the new one. It, I saw it once, and I that was didn't enough. care for it, and it kind of freaked me out. Uh, it didn't feel like a children's movie. It felt like a Tim Burton movie. <laughs> um, and then he did, like, Alice in Wonderland, which I never saw a couple years later. All of that. You can just put that in a, a basket of things I don't really ever need to see again. The, on- the thing that bothers me most Love the original, uh, about that movie uh, is the... The fact that no one thinks twice <laughs> about uh, all of these adults who just lay in bed all day. Yeah. With no explanation for why it is that they do that. Almost like their legs don't work. Like, when do they go to the bathroom? Are they just incontinent all day long? Um, <laughs> it just, just Is that just a toilet and a bed? Uh, Grandpa Joe, all of a sudden, once they're like, you want to go to the chocolate factory? And all of a sudden, he can get up and walk. He can walk around. He can dance. He's he's not infirmed, you know. So I think Grandpa Joe was maybe playing the long game there. Seems like it. That man. That man did not need to be laying. He could have. He could have been working and providing for that, like, uh, you know, industrial revolution, uh, turn of the century <laughs> family. What was going on there? Whatever. That's where they were living. Like it was the 1960s, but it seemed like. <laughs> you know, uh, college uh, basketball obviously this year has not been kind uh, to Louisville. What? Uh, and I, the only saving grace I've got is that it, it seems like it's been fairly frustrating for a lot of people, 
and that uh, one uh, an un underrated or kind of an unheralded hell that I'm watching it unfold somewhere else is the miscreants that are gigantic fans of NC State or of, of North Carolina deeply, deeply hate and despise each other. And if you think that around here there is uh, the a large number of people who have a conspiratorial attitude, you're feeling like there's something up all the time. No decision is ever or no action is ever what it looks like. It's always something else, something more. Uh, the, the North Carolina and, and NC State fans doing all of this un- incredibly in-depth math and research and, and that sort of thing uh, to figure out who's being called for more fouls or who isn't, especially when they play one another, was just a nice reminder. None of us are really having fun here at all. None of us are sane. That's yeah. true also. And none of us are having any fun. And quite frankly, that sounds like an exercise that Louisville fans absolutely would participate in. Correct. I would do that. Blanket yeah, would do that. I, I, we would all do that. I would take the time out of my day. Blankenbaker probably already has. But it's just like this is one of those rare years where it just doesn't matter. <laughs> like the, the amount of fouls being called is like 10th on the list, 12th. 15th, 100th on the list of concerns for this Louisville team right now. Oh, let me tell you something. In the fan base. I'll, I can display for everyone listening right now just how how disappointing this has been, how difficult this has been uh, for for everyone. And I don't – and I, I'll include the you know, players and coaches b- both in this. I'm sure they're not having a lot of fun either uh, up to this point. And they shouldn't probably feel like they're having any fun uh, up to this point. I would – I mean this. I think I would pass like a, a polygraph right now. I would give just about anything to just be mad at the officials at the end of a game. 100%. I would like the North Carolina game a year ago. I would, yeah. wouldn't we all basically kind of kill for that right now? Yes. Like to for the, to get to the end of the game and it's like there's not these giant macro issues and it's certainly not a blowout or anything like that. But that you lose a game and you're just mad at the refs and you're like can't wait for the next game. Like I would. Right now, I would give just about anything for that. Yeah, and even when it's bad, like I, I you know, I'll, I'll I'll hear those conversations, and when the officials are are, are exceptionally bad in a, in a bad year like last year, you know, we'll talk about it. And, and we had talked a lot about the North Carolina game because that was one of the worst displays ever. Like it, it really, even the most impartial or anti Louisville person could point at it and say, "Yeah, you're right." And Louisville I'm got screwed. Fully rooting for NC State in this war that they're having back for sure. and forth about yeah. foul stats. <laughs> oh yeah, no, I'll take NC State side every time. Me too. We are far more kindred spirits with NC State than we are with a UNC. Oh, for like, sure. Yeah, we right. we are on that side of that that tussle. But this year, I mean, we look at it and we're just like, man, even in a game where there's like five questionable calls down the stretch, like that many. There's just so many other things that happen to put us in that position that I can't even – I feel like it's so counterproductive to talk about officiating and far – like there's so few people that actually are this year without without a – other than like a passing – oh, that was a bad call. But like even if you say that and we're down by 14, people are like, who cares? Right. You, know, you, get, a bunch, you get a bunch of responses like that. And like I wasn't like indicating that that's why we're losing. <laughs> you know, I was just talking about that one egregious call. Uh, but then I find it – Silly to t- 
tweet out about every bad call or every questionable one because I'm so concerned about everything because else Mark going Blankenbaker on. already has that too. Like <laughs> I feel like if you follow U of L Sheriff Fifty, you're good. Like I don't, that's right. I, it's been you, covered. You're covered. Right. But like I don't even want to talk about it. Like because it's so irrelevant to what's going on with this season. You know, we're not like a handful of calls away from a good record. You know, or anything like that. So it's it's. It's been rendered almost irrelevant to me. Like, is it frustrating in the moment? You're like, sure. But I find myself not upset about it at all. I mean, more so in the women's game. But even then, every postgame show, I lead off with the, like, the disclaimer. It's like, look, we could do an hour and a half on the officiating. We can do an hour and a half on the officiating in every women's basketball game. Um, let's put that aside and just say these are the, bad, like, these are the most egregious calls. Let's talk about the gameplay because I can't with the officiating because we will do an entire show of call-ins on the officiating. However badly uh, this season is going and however maybe perhaps kind of a rough end to your work week you might be having, at least you are not uh, two people. Well, two entities, whatever. <laughs> at least you are not two separate people. Just <laughs> That's right. There. That would be terrible, wouldn't it? <laughs> it just exactly. stop right there. <laughs> You'd be going through all this twice. Uh, one, the AP. The AP earlier this week tried to issue guidance, and it, look, it's difficult if you are, you know, required to write in this the style that they they the AP mandate, book. right? Yeah. So the AP tried to send out what what a, earlier appeared like a fairly honorable and honest request that if you're going to write an AP style or file AP reports, you should not use. Uh, very, very, very broad generalizations like the whatever about a whole group of people the. Uh-huh, refugees, yeah. the yeah. whatever, and listed like the handicapped, like the things hand- like that. Or, yeah, right. yeah. And then in the, this list of the generalizations and, and broad yeah. groups of people that they wanted you to avoid singling out or, or using, the, they said the French in there, and then have gotten nothing but crushed for it, and have today had to apologize multiple times, and then ultimately deleted the tweet for saying that it, they were sorry that it offended people, and I just. I think it's the first time someone's ever surrendered to the French, right? <laughs> it has to be. <laughs> that was solid build up. I lo- like I Thank love you. a good Thank I love you. a good anti-French joke, you know, you can make fun so of the French easy. there. It's it's easy. I love that when we do this, we just omit the like Napoleonic age completely. <laughs> Oh, sure. Every time. Oh, right, right. Or as if they didn't Europe. help us win yeah. the uh, Revolutionary right. War. Oh, I know. I know. <laughs> like everything. <laughs> World War Two is the only thing that ever happened. That is <laughs> exactly right. That's the only right. thing that ever happened. Don't right. worry about the rest of anything. Anything French history. Right? And, and and ignore the French resistance. Vichy is all we care about. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the uh, the uh, other person that I am glad that I am not uh, today uh, is Clemson basketball <laughs> player. Uh, was Galloway's the young man's uh, last name? Uh, he uh, p- put on social media, uh, and this is a quote, so do not get mad at me. Uh, but again, it's always uh, good to at least take stock about sort of where you are uh, relative to, to how the world is going. My balls exploded, is what he said, and that is a quote. And he was not talking about basketballs either. <laughs> Oh, man. And we were trying. This is what this is what Mark and I's Friday is. Before we got on air, we were trying to parse the language and figure out if he had a ruptured uh, ball sack, or if he had like a scrotum, or if he had enlarged testicles. And I think from the Neither, language, by the way, we're talking about the worst. 
of two options here. Yeah. Not, not, it's not like one is like, ah, oh, that's Neither's no big good. deal. Right, exactly. They're both bad. Exactly, right. But I think from his language, they were like grapefruit size. And he woke up to that, and he was just like, what the hell? <laughs> Large and swollen. <laughs> and he had to go have surgery. And he said when he woke up, they were normal-sized again. So there you go. Always good. Always good. You and want he, them you to be normal-sized. From his video that he was a little zooted. Uh, oh, correct. He, he certainly was on the good painkillers, which um, you damn I can well appreciate better be. those. You damn well better be. <laughs> right? right. If, you say, if you're in the hospital because you whatever was going on uh, Oh, thank uh, down God there. for the good painkillers when you're in those situations. I can tell uh, you that. You're gonna need You'll them. say some funny things when you're on the old painkillers, too. You will. Some of my fi- one of the best genre of videos is the uh, like little kids Absolutely. dental surgery. Coming home. Right. Yeah. Right. Just good stuff. Well, look, we've got a lot uh, that we will get into here today. We are going to have uh, We'll have something aspect later on. Brett Dawson, we'll talk with him before about uh, this game against Notre Dame. Oh, what's Dame. up, Brett? We're going to have Brett Dawson on? Talk with him uh, about this, this game against Notre Dame. I saw Paul Rogers tweet earlier that the, uh, the golf course – uh, that you pass by in the the uh, in route to Notre Dame uh, is completely snowed under, uh, which I, I think I accurately said that would not stop you from playing it in shorts. No, let's get nine in. That's what I thought. Yeah. That's yeah. what I thought. Let's at least squeeze in. Now, it looks like it's wide open. Might be able to get eighteen in. You think you certainly can take your time. Yeah, for sure. Right, no one's going to rush for you. Sure. <laughs> today. The biggest problem with that is is white ball, white snow. So you're going to need to go with like the yellow ball or right. You got to do something. something like that. Right. So we'll talk uh, uh, plenty of that, obviously, uh, setting up to have two, I think, exception. I'm hoping for two wonderful conference championship games uh, in the AFC and the NFC this week. And I am hopeful that they are, they turn out to be as titanic as I hope that they are. And I mean that titanic in a, in a way. Titan's not the titanic. Yeah. Like you. <laughs> that would be Mark terrible. Marcus hoping for the weekend to sink into That's the ocean. Right, exactly. <laughs> Some words are just ruined forever, right? Like Titanic just used to be an adjective. Just Referring used to, be an to adjective for in giant the, in or the way of Titans. larger than life or Right, the root yeah, is Titan. Exactly. Right. No. Titanic ruined. It's like name it's like it's gone now. Prior to the prior to the turn of the century, there were lots and lots of normal people named Adolf. All the time. <laughs> and there <laughs> never will be another one ever again. It's never gonna be another right. normal that name person is gone. named Adolf. Right? Yeah. If you use that, like, I don't know how it's treated in Germany. I have no idea. But if you're an American that names your kid Adolf, there's a lot of questions. A lot of questions that are answered by your child's name. That's correct. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Like, you don't have to try to be spiteful. All the thousands of names that you have correct. on the table. Like that and Benito. Like, where are you going with that? You know? like, it, Come on, man. Uh, <laughs> I did want to start quickly, though, uh, with, with last night. For two reasons. One, it's worrisome, kind of where the uh, the Louisville women's basketball team is. For sure. Because I think as the men have trudged through this uh, this very long winter of our discontent with a couple of years now, the women have been the saving grace uh, for, for basketball fans around here. And this is the first time in years that at least up to this point, they're not right now. And last night felt like kind of a new low. Uh, it's not a great Wake Forest team you know, to lose a – to drop a game when you still – you know, theoretically, I think are still in contention in the ACC uh, with plenty of opportunities and no, not nearly as many of the big wins as you would have hoped for or are used to by this time of the year. And to watch them kind of fade late again, this is just, it's a wake. They're just not that great, 
right? Like this is not a great Wake Forest. Oh team. no, no, no! Louisville should have won that game. Three and seven. I think, yeah, it's in not the, in not the good ACC, at all. Uh, after beating Louisville, so and and Jeff Wall spoke <laughs> after the game on the radio, uh, candidly, which we love. And it's it it takes a lot, I think, for him to get to this point. We we talked to Jeff a lot. And he, he very rarely sounds like this, but uh. I wanted to play you know a couple of these clips. I'm sure you probably have heard some of these at least uh, by now. Uh, but, Avery, I, uh, of the clips from Jeff Walls, let's just start with clip number one. This is, this is Jeff Walls, I think, at his wit's end with what he thinks is the player side of all of this. Listen to this. But it, it really started in the first half. We just, unfortunately, it's probably the most frustrating group that I've had to coach. We won't do anything that, that we talk about in practice. Um, you know, and, and I know I'll take the blame for it. I mean, it's what it's what we do. But, but reality comes down to we sit in practice for three straight freaking days. I mean, it's ungodly unbelievable. You come off the ball screen, you get, get two on, you throw back, we'll go in. We don't throw back one time in the first half because they know better. I mean, I feel bad for my staff, honestly. I feel, I mean, we watch all this film, and I don't know why. Because we refuse <laughs> to do anything. We're just going to sit there and say, hey, we know better. We know better. So, I, I just, it's maddening. We shoot 53% from the field, so now what are we now? 142 and 3. 142 and 3, and this team has two of the three. Because we will not guard. We will not guard. We will not have a presence at all. We sit there, and I'm like, guys, in transition, run to the block. We run to the three-point line in a, in where we're about to tie it up. But, no, hey, we're, we're going to do it our way. Then we don't score. I mean, it's just – it's maddening. I, I'm telling you, I ain't ever seen anything like it. You don't – you do not get him – and he's the coach that I think will be more candid than your average coach, but you don't get this from him very much. But it's pretty obvious that he he feels like – I think he feels like they, they've hit a, a wall – here like there's, there's no progression happening past this you know there is in, in the team building and the team you know kind of honing process you know there are barriers that you kind of break through and there, there are periods where I think you have to like really just muscle through stuff that's not working until it falls into place he's clearly expected it to already be there and it ain't and he's had enough he's had enough. like that that was I'm talking about the players. You're wasting the coach's time. <laughs> if you're just not going to do what we say, why do we even do all this preparation, that sort of thing? Sure. This is what a coach sounds like when he's like, I'm not the problem here. Yeah. Yeah. Here's the thing about this. And, and people know I, I spend a lot of time with the women's team, or at least covering the women's team. I have been a, a, a major in following them for ever since I moved to Louisville, you know, and, and, and have followed their rise throughout the years Jeff doesn't like you said doesn't talk about the team like this very often or the the players and I think what what it signifies and we've been speaking about this for weeks where Louisville's been on the Louisville's been on the uh on the cusp with this team you know they they, they were on the cusp against Virginia Tech they played well against NC State and couldn't find the freaking basket I mean it was their best defensive game of the year but we've watched them kind of play to the level of these mid-level and low-level ACC teams all year as well, but still going into last night, they were 6-2 and two in conference. And they were still in position to be like a top-four seed in the ACC tournament. They still are in, in, in contention for that. But last night felt like 
going the wrong way, you know, where we felt like they were on the cusp all year uh, and they were going to break through and they were going to start doing it. And the Florida State game was a great win. It's a great win. They've, they've entered the top 25 and they're going to keep rising. I'm talking about Florida State. But you can't drop a road, like a game to Wake Forest, who's two and seven. They have one great player in Jewel Spear, and a decent, a couple of other decent players. But they allowed Jewel Spear to kill them all game. You know they weren't closing out on three pointers very well. And this, this is kind of what Jeff talked about. Where you look at the score and it doesn't look like you gave up that many points. What was the final score? Like sixty six fifty nine or yep. something. Right, sixty six fifty seven, I think. And. and you're like, all right, well, they only gave up 66 points. Yeah, but if you watch the game, you know, they get down to, like, the five-second mark, and they either foul, and then some of them are bad calls. The one on Morgan. We'll talk about that in a second. The game was absolutely ridiculous. But, or they give up a, an open three on a rotation to somebody you simply cannot give up an open three to. And that's what's driving Jeff crazy, is the same stuff I've been talking about all year, where the defense has been the issue. Up until the NC State game where they shot 30% and probably had their best defensive game of the year and then everything else fell apart, uh, or just everything else came together and the shooting fell apart. They've been shooting the ball fine. Their offense has been fine most of the season, even with the egregious turnovers, and that's the other thing you can get into. They've been good enough on offense. They have been uncharacteristically uh, spotty on defense. And then the other thing, in addition to the turnovers, is when the other team makes their run, whether it's based on pressure defense or not, they don't have the poise that these teams have had in the past. They just don't. They make the wrong decision. Like last night, we're trying to stop the bleeding in the third quarter. That third quarter was atrocious. Went from a 12-point lead six point to, deficit, to a six-point like deficit. Like in a blink of an eye. Like that. Like that. And we're trying to stop the bleeding. They take the lead. And Olivia just, she gets the ball at the top of the key and takes a shot like six seconds into the shot clock. And you're like, Olivia, that's not Kobe. your shot. Right. Really, are, you like, about to, are you about to Patrick Ewing her? Right, when do you exactly. practice when that shot? When do you practice that shot? I've but never like, seen you shoot that shot. Right. <laughs> she took a three-pointer last night, and she took that shot. And I'm not against her taking a three-pointer in the flow of the offense. She's got a decent jumper. Sure. And Jeff coaches with the green light. Exactly. That and Her and Josie have been ta- have been coached all offseason. Uh they're encouraging them to take the three when it's a part of the offense. But in that situation, when you just cross the three-point line and you're down by two or four and you're just trying to stop the bleeding, you need to get a good look and run your sets and get the ball into the hands of the people that need to get the ball. If Olivia's taking a shot, great, but she needs to be in the paint. You know, just five or six seconds into the shot clock, it's like you're trying to, to make up the deficit right there. You know what I mean? And, and that's just indicative in addition to that, the turnovers roll into that, where when the ball starts rolling down the hill, the snowball starts rolling down the hill, and it starts getting – the pressure gets turned up. Like, we get worse with the ball. In past teams, I've been able to to rely on the point guard to kind of steady everybody. But, you know, Haley – part of it's Haley. Like, she's had a real issue with turnovers this year. She takes too much on her own shoulders and plays hero ball sometimes. She's a phenomenal talent, one of the ten best players in the country. But sometimes she just I mean, I've never I've never seen some of the, the careless turnovers that she has. Like just the handing the ball over to the other team. Like they they have a lot of the same issues. Yes, as the you have team. seen that. I was about to say. Yeah. Yeah, you've watched 
the men's team all year. Right. But they have a lot – at a smaller – I don't want to compare them because they're much more talented and they're better coached uh, and they're a better team. And they're most likely still, even after the loss last night, in position to be a tournament team. But the margin of error is incredibly slim now. Um, but they do have some of the same issues, you know, at, at its core. And some of them are so inexplicable, inexplicable from people I did not expect it from. Uh, it's, it's tough to watch sometimes where you're just like, I know you're better than this. I've seen you play better than this. What's going on? Here's a great text, and this is really the, the, the reason that, I've wanted to, that I wanted to play this, and we've got more to play from Jeff Walls because when he's in that headspace, it's, it's instructive, I think. Texture says this, him, talking about Jeff Walls, taking the blame for them not doing what they're supposed to be doing while also blaming them is something Kenny could really learn from Jeff. I, and, and I think That's that what Rick I, did a lot. I know. totally – listen, yeah. I, I agree with that, and I think that Jeff – is is aware that he has enough credibility to, to if I tell you they're the problem, guys, you know I'm I'm clearly not the problem. He's also avoided it saying it like that. Oh and, and this is what I think is the worrisome part about uh, him him saying what he said last night is I'm afraid I'd love to, uh, we'll see and he's got time to turn it around. I don't I don't in any way expect him to like throw in the towel here. But I'm afraid that what we heard from him last night was the blow up of a guy who realizes they're not gonna get it. Like you've been saying, he's been avoiding it, and he's been trying to 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 talk about them and what they do without getting here. And he's like, "Screw it!" Like it feels like maybe he was like a new low for him. Yeah, and and he let it out. Now, can we just play really quickly number the second sure. number two where he talks about the officials and tells a wonderful story, which is great, and I love you know. Every time we used to have him on on, on Walls Wednesday, I used to try to get him to say something about the officials. This yeah. time, he just did it himself. We could play he says two. most of it during the, the game. <laughs> there was a media timeout involved. There was a timeout I called involved. There, there was a stoppage because the, 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 the three blind mice that, that were out here trying <laughs> to officiate this ball game, which was god-awful. I mean, it's absolutely the worst that I that I have had in a long time. It, it, our league's going, unfortunately, it's okay. going the wrong way from that aspect. Uh, and it's, I don't know if it's going to get better. It's just we're not great right now, and we're struggling. And then, like, when, when you have some blatant, it just, God, terrible things, it really makes things worse for us. It just piles it on. Um, and I'm – it's maddening. I mean, I got a technical foul sitting down because I said, you're, you're really missing a good game, and it's not fair to the kids. You're not, it's not fair to the kids. You know, no, normally I take pride in the fact when I earn them. You know, if I if I MF them or I, I really rip their tail, you know, I'm fine with it. I, I told her she's missing a good game. It's the same same official that calls an over the back uh, over and back call when the ball goes in the backcourt, but not the person. And we're going to go down and shoot a layup. I, I, it's like, what do you want? I, it, it, I mean, it, it's it's really amazing. Um, but overall, it, we're, we're just we're – just, it's maddening. You're missing a good game here, The Mark. three blind mice, he referred to the officiating crew as a whole, as the three blind mice. That's, a, that's an old banger. Uh, got a technical for saying you're missing a great game out there, which is – Another banger. A tale as old as time in terms of a, a referee uh, 
insults. Yeah, uh, both of those are not a great timed uh, technical for Jeff. But I think what you heard, I think he realized right there, like this ship has sailed on this game. Like we're going to lose this game, and now I, I've got to send a message here. Here's what I want to know from you. Hearing that, hearing the way he talked about the players and all that. Would you like to hear Kenny talk more like this? I want to tread, not lightly, but I feel like you have to make distinctions because Jeff has earned a lot in his 15 years here. Like he's he's built this program from the floor. Uh, took us to our first Sweet 16. Has gone to what 11 or 12 of them in 15 years. Been to four straight Elite Eights. Two Final Fours in that four yep. years, four total, two championship games. I don't have to go down the entire resume, but it's good to re- remind yourself where we were and where we are and coming off of Final Four when we talk about Jeff. But, like, because I saw a lot of people kind of comparing it to and saying, well, why don't you give him a pass? Not people that necessarily oh, I follow. Talk about this, yes. Not people that necessarily follow the women's program, which is why I don't give them a lot of credence, you know, like it, just kind of throwing that out there. But what I hear – from Jeff right now is, is yeah, he might be throwing his hands up a little bit, but I think this is him playing his card, his last card, where, you know, you're trying to trying to motivate the team, use the press, and at that point you're not getting through to him in the locker room. You say that in public and say, what else do I have to do? Rick used to do it. You know, use the media. Calipari uses the media. Everybody does. And he's held on to this because I think he was—he thought we were on the on the edge of it, and he was just waiting for that breakthrough game, waiting for that it all to click. And after the Florida State win, we you know we backslid again a little bit. And NC State, we couldn't find the bucket. We played well, but you should follow that up with beating the teams you need to beat. And they come out and they don't win that game. You know, they lose to a Wake Forest team that is not going to make the tournament. That has—they don't have the level of talent Louisville does. But I think that. The bigger question and the one that people have been asking all year and kind of, like, I don't think this has anything to do with, like, we, we we call things out on the postgame show. We call it out on this show. Like, I don't pamper these this team because that's not how you should treat women's sports. Just talk about them the way you talk about the men's sports. It's fine. But with them, it's felt like something's been off in that locker room the whole year. And I don't know what it is. You know, we've been waiting for the pieces to come together, and you're like, eh, maybe it just took a little bit more time. Transfers have a, have identities. You know, they have established games, and they're not freshmen coming in. So you've really got to kind of come to a, an agreement on how that game is going to work with the new team and with the new system, how you're going to change your game for the new role that you're asked to do. Uh, and, and some of those things have worked. And then all of a sudden, like, Morgan looks like our best player on the court, and then she does something, and Jeff sits her for a whole quarter. You know what I mean? In one of these games. Or we only see a couple minutes of Nyla. You know, it's just having a hard time grasping these rotations. And, and it makes me think that, that maybe there's something a little off. We had chemistry issues, like, in that, that period between the 9 Final Four and the 13, the, the two championship game appearances, 9 and 13. We had a little bit of a, a stretch there where we had some some chemistry issues on the team, and it, it was reflected on the court. Um, and I don't want to speak out of turn, but it feels like maybe there's when we talk all year about 
these pieces not feeling like, because there's enough talent on this team to make a deep run, but it feels like the pieces just aren't fitting together. Something's not fitting together. Maybe they're not trusting each other. I don't know, but it's turning into sloppy basketball, like just mind-numbing turnovers. Uh, You're worried you know, the men are contagious, aren't you? I am worried about that. I am. I've said it before. I am. Miscommunications on defense, things that we never see out of a Jeff Walls <laughs> is, team. Is Jeff Walls going to, like, reintroduce COVID protocols? Like, <laughs> Just so they don't talk, keep, like they don't keep them away yeah. from the men. <laughs> Don't hang out with anybody, and really, it's more like just guys. don't hang out with yeah. the men's team, please. Yeah. <laughs> it's, but it's not like it's, this has been a, a challenging year, obviously. But like, forgive me if I don't go off the deep end. As well as as far as it it relates to Coach Walls, you know, I just I do have concerns though, as far as if you're leaning this hard into the transfer portal, which everybody is. But when you look at the freshman class coming in next year, we don't really have anything coming in. We don't have much. Um, we're going to have to reload the transfer portal again, and you roll the dice a little bit with, with personalities and stuff, with uh, minds that maybe aren't as impressionable as 18-year-olds, you know, where you're not bringing them into your first college spot, and you're not uh, – they've had other influences, and they've had a couple of years to develop their game. It looks a little different. And it's a different kind of challenge to mold those personalities together as opposed to, like, recruiting a kid out of high school and putting him in your system day one. So I think there's going to be different levels of, of success with, with transfers going forward uh, in the, the chemistry of bringing in these established personalities and everything and, and established games. Uh, it was perfect last year. It's been good at times this year. And clearly CeCe and Morgan are two of the best players on the team. CeCe's the best shooter on the team. She's hard-nosed. She plays incredibly hard. She is the reason why we've won some games. Morgan is incredibly talented and has been the reason we've won some games. She's kind of an agent of chaos. Sometimes she's there, sometimes she's not. Um, I don't know, man. It's, it's been a challenge this year. And you heard him say the 142-3 and three stat, that's when they shoot 50% as a team right. in his tenure here. Two of those have come this year. Two right. of those three losses come this year. Last night, and I think it was the Virginia Tech game. It was the other one, I think. I'll have to go back and check. But that's an astounding statistic. 142-3 and three when they shoot 50% as a team. And two of those three are this season. Let's take a quick break here. We're out here at the back door. We're going to be here until 6. So come by and say hello to us uh, as well uh, here. We would love to, to, to have you guys do that uh, and enjoy yourselves uh, while we're out here on a Friday. Uh, I want to come back here, and I want to, I want to play – one or two more from Jeff and try to use it as something somewhat instructive about the men uh, on the other side here, as well as uh, a theory about what might be plaguing the women. Okay. That I don't know if you're going to like it or not, but I'm going to run it by you. So we'll talk about that. Take your calls, your texture throughout on the drive on the bill. Metro College is a program that helps students pay for tuition, and I didn't believe it. You have to work third shift five days a week. It's a great and rewarding thing when you graduate. I would do it all over again, just like I just did. You know those buddies who magically become medical professionals when you're not at the top of your game? The ones who say, come on, muscle through it. But then also say, hey, you should probably see my specialist. Or surgery or pain meds. It's almost always false, false, and false. Athletico's physical therapists, the same therapists who work with professional athletes, can tackle those little aches and pains from the start before they become big ones. So next time, don't believe everything you hear. Instead, start with Athletico. Schedule your free assessment at athletico.com.
Listening to The Drive, presented by Fitness Market, right here on 93.9 The Ville. Now, here's Mark Ennis and Biggest Biscuit, also known as Dave Skull. Welcome back into The Drive here on 93.9 The Ville. Mark Ennis, Dave Skull here. The phone lines will go ahead and open them if you want to get in here. <coughs> 8150-939-3831-939 for the UPS Jobs text line. Uh, if you'd like to hit us up that way, you can do so as well. We were playing a couple of clips uh, from, from Jeff Walls after a loss last night uh, that clearly got him at a different level. Uh, it, it, but doesn't sound panicked, but certainly sounds like a guy at his wit's end. Uh, and it's, it's instructive because it's, I think without question, it's very, very, very different than how... Kenny's talked about his team. Yeah. Uh, but with both having the same goal in mind, uh, extremely differently uh, the way he's talking about them. And obviously there's a lot of, there's a lot of places where like, the analogy, like they're not analogous as teams, obviously. Uh, but it's interesting to hear, obviously, someone who has the success that we're hoping for in a coach just unload, quite frankly. It's the bad cop. This was Jeff Walls being a bad cop last night after the game. Because I think he's obviously he's qualified to do that, uh, and and Kenny hasn't done that. And I just was wanted to talk about the tone from him, and maybe if if we if we want to hear more of that, yeah, uh, from him. Can we play uh, as well number three from Walls last night? I mean, it's it's maddening. I'm not going to lie. I've never been as frustrated in 16 years. I mean, because we have talent in there. But you don't win just because you got talent. I mean, you, you got to follow a game plan. You got to be able to execute. We ran three sets that we walked through today at practice. Hey, this is what we got here. Oh, yeah, yeah, got it, got it, got it. And then we don't execute them correctly. Like, guys, like, we're, we're, we're giving you stuff that's going to work, and we don't even execute it. I, I've told them, I, they, they need to watch six games of Syracuse instead of my staff. You know, so they can see it. So they are doing this, all this work and all these hours that's being put in. But, I mean, it's that sucks, man. It, we're, we're bad. We're, we're, we're bad right now. Our, 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 our mental approach to, to the game, uh, our, our willingness to be coached, our willingness to adjust and adapt. Uh, we, we played, you know, going into this, we had played 22 games. So people have film on you. So now we're trying to get them to understand, hey, this is what they're going to do to try to do to stop you. Here's how you counter it. And we refuse to do what we need to do that would counter it. We just keep. I would like to. Re- I wish we need to make a drop of him just going, it sucks, man. <laughs> we're just not <laughs> very good. Right it be that sucks, frank. It's, it's jarring uh, to hear him say it. But this is a coach squarely putting it, hey. We're doing this. Once you do this, you're not doing it. Like, there's no like. We've been doing this with with the with little with the men all year. Like, how much is the coaches? How much? Is, Jeff is going to get the benefit of the doubt here. Yeah. But I would imagine what we're hearing now is because like they've tried everything, right? Yeah. Like they they've tried everything. That's the messaging to me. Do you think does Kenny have this in him? I don't know. It's a great question. Like. The, the and, that's whole, not, and I want to be clear, like I'm not talking about like I'm not talking about in any way to be critical of him, but just to recognize he has a temperament sure. that works a certain way. But I, I don't know any good coach who isn't 
successful coach who doesn't do this at some point. Yeah, gravitas aside, you right. know, like like the the question of whether like Jeff Walls has earned leeway, obviously, but like this is something that I I don't have a problem with any coach doing. I don't necessarily see this as bashing the kids, and I feel like Jeff has taken like most of the year he he's kept it in house. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I think this is him playing his last card in the media and trying to trying to light a fire under their asses. Um, I think it's okay to be critical of your players post game and use it as a we- as as a tool, as long as you are taking responsibility yourself as well. You know, and I and I think that that's that's the game you have to play when you're a a coach and you have media availability after every game, uh, and they talk to you right after the game and you got stuff on your mind. You know, some people you want to tell you exactly how you feel. Like you're you're not going to be able to have a governor on everything you know right. and it's 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 being able to to use that as a tool and 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 be reasonable about it and understand that at the end of the day even the inability of your team to disseminate the information that you're giving them is still on you you know <laughs> like even that's on you i think jeff knows that but he's using this as a as like i'm playing my last card like maybe this will get him maybe this will make it work you know i don't think like it, Obviously, it's been a frustrating group to deal with because I think he knows the level of talent that he has in this team, and he's seeing guy, uh, players that he has carryovers that aren't playing the same way they did last year or making mistakes that are not um, typical of them, and he's seeing new pieces that he knows can do certain things that are you know ne- not necessarily doing it for 40 minutes a game or 30 minutes a game. I just with Kenny. It's the tone that he speaks about it and, and his laid-back demeanor. It's hard to, to roust him, it seems like, in public. I'm not saying he's not like that. He has a different gear in practice. I don't know. I've never seen a practice. Right. Um, and I've seen him get heated with a player aside, you know what I mean, and get frustrated. How could you not? You know, it was nice to see him get frustrated. Um, but you're not going to change a coach's personality completely. You're just not going to do it. I hope he has that in him. Like that, not a 180 turn, but the ability to, and maybe he'll become more media savvy and understand what you can say and how you can say it and how how you can possibly use that, you know? Because right now it's, when he says things matter-of-factly or laid back, people take it as him, like, bashing the players when he says certain things. Like, you know, we, t- we coach them. I don't know what else to do. You know what I mean? Like right. we told them what to do and they're not doing it. You know, I, I – Part of it's the gravitas, where Jeff has, has got a track record and credibility. Yep. But, and if Kenny, even if he did it somewhere else, if Kenny came in here and he had four Final Fours on his, in his, you know, or even Elite Eights in some kind of something you could wrap your head around and wrap your arms around, I think you, can, you get a little more leeway and you get a little more license. But he doesn't. So people are just figuring out how he is as a head coach and, and – Sometimes that tone doesn't really work, you know, especially outward-facing media. People take it the wrong way. Texture says, you guys piss me off daily, but the burner wings at the back door? I'll listen just to hear you try them. Awesome wings and sauce. <laughs> you piss me off <laughs> You piss me off daily. All right. I love it. <sighs> Thanks for listening, because guys. <laughs> exactly, exactly. You guys piss me off daily. I think the key is to, is to just not piss the same person off every day, yeah, right? For sure. Like, like it can't like be just him, because you got to feel like it's got to be somebody else's turn sometime. Right? Oh, for sure. Right. 
Like if you're not if you're not upsetting like half your audience, you're probably not doing something right. Right. So I wanted to run by uh, a theory by you because there are you and Chrissy. There's probably nobody that watches and pays attention more to to women's basketball than than the two of you. Certainly, you know, around here. Definitely a handful of other media members that we appreciate that are Is, that are they're doing a good job this year. How much of this struggle this year? Do you attribute to Haley Van Lith wearing blue shoes? <laughs> and and when are we going to confront the obvious that this is clearly not working? <laughs> like I used to, I used to just kill John Ramsey because he used, to, you know, he gave yeah. uh, well, Postal such a hard time for wearing a navy blue sports coat, which is literally like they, every white dude on earth gets a navy, a navy blue, blue sports blue coat sports when they turn yeah. eighteen, right? Yeah. Like yeah. it's 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 our bar mitzvah. We get the navy. blue It goes sports with coat. everything but black. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And some men still even try that. So, yes, they do. <laughs> right? They fail. But. <laughs> Here, <laughs> I'm not even saying that it makes sense, but I am saying there might be correlation, not causation. So, been struggling longer than she's been wearing the blue <laughs> shoes. So I'll put that out there. Brett and Ryan's gonna be so proud of me for doing this to you. <laughs> I, I gotta tell you, like I, you don't see it. It's jarring. I don't like it. I will put that out there. I do not care for the blue shoes at all. I don't like, it, especially when they're they're dons. Um. There are colorways, in fact, three or four of them that will fit just fine with the Louisville color scheme. He makes it that way. He makes it for – Adidas has it that way on purpose. And, yeah, we get the blue with, like, the orangish highlights. I don't know. I don't – it's bad. But it's I, – I, I, can, I can safely say it's at least 99% of the problem. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, God, if you're somebody at Adidas <laughs> – like, I know that you know players want to wear. Superstar, she gets her choice, I, man. I, no, <laughs> that's not true at all. This is Louisville, man. I know. Like, what are we doing? No, I, I, I wish she would throw those in the trash. Okay. Bad vibes there. Again, I'm not telling you that it makes sense. I'm just saying maybe if we firebomb, it doesn't those, have to make sense. Think, right. You don't, it does, you don't have to understand it to understand that it changes. sports doesn't That's have right. to make sense. That, that is exactly right. Yeah. Sometimes yeah. it definitely doesn't make sense. Yeah, for sure. I just feel like this is one of those things where when you work for, you know, if you're Adidas or whatever, like you, when someone's like, how about we send Haley these blue shoes? 1% of Adidas is like, we should not piss Louisville like, off right let's now. Let's not send them. I think we've done enough for Louisville. <laughs> like, like here's, here's the thing. Right. We've got black. Red, a lot of colors, white, a lot of colors to choose from, and gray colorways, and then even like a combination one, like like a Louisville specific one. She can have all these dons. Let's keep the blue ones, <laughs> and not send those. Maybe she just wear them down the road somewhere. Wear them down the road, right? <laughs> when she gets drafted by the sky or something, something. like right. you know, like, uh, gets drafted. Like by we the, don't have to do this by the Liberty. Those look like that. I mean, whatever. Oh, those are teal. Whatever. There's lots of teams she could play for. They wear the blue shoes. I'm just saying, like, <laughs> even if we can't explain it, it might. It's surely it's worth a try. For sure. For sure. I, I would love for our junkies uh, to to tell us if if possible. Has anyone else ever worn blue shoes? Like for Louisville? Yeah. I'm trying to think because we've had like yellow shoes. Right. I, I remember right. yellow shoes, but like yellow is. A tertiary color. For it's Louisville. right. It's and not it's, an anti. It's a highlight. Color. That's right. 
you know, there's there's always going to be beaks on the on the uniform, even if we're not featuring the cardinal head. You'll see some yellow. I can't think of blue shoes. It might have happened, but it just feels so anti. Like it's the one color we can't do, right? You would think. <laughs> like we, can, we can handle you most other think. colors. Like, yeah, you would think. Blue. Like, here, I, okay, here's what I'll say. <laughs> I don't want to limit you, Haley, but seriously, no blue. No, I do want to limit you, no blue. <laughs> but like, if you're going to wear blue shoes for Louisville, you should have to average like 50 points a game. Right. Don't tell her that because then she's going to really I know. <laughs> She's already averaging like 24 a college. Challenge play. accepted. <laughs> All right, so Texas says Damian Lee wore blue shoes. I don't. Damian Lee? I don't. I mean, I'm not I want to believe you. I'm not arguing with the texter. I'm sure it's it happened, and we just didn't. Maybe we won the game, and we didn't talk about it ever again. <laughs> it's funny I mean, how, how that works. Yeah. Man's shoes. <laughs> That's right. I I don't even know. Yeah, I don't. Shawshank. <laughs> I don't even I'll look at the man's shoes. It's. Fu- I don't. My I don't remember their numbers. Like I am really really bad about player numbers. In football, basketball, I never know what number anybody is. Ever. I know hmm. Lamar's eight. <laughs> I got what number did Luke Hancock wear? I don't know. You don't know? Mm. I have no idea. He's probably going to be mad at me for that. I don't know. Dave, do I you know? know. It's do 15, you? isn't it? I thought, was it 11? Is it an 11? Oh, yeah, neither 11. one of you two schmucks know either. It was 11. 11 sounds right. Yeah, 11. Yeah, no, 15, 15 was it, Henderson, I'm pretty yeah, sure. Yeah, it was. 15 was Henderson. Yeah, I don't 25 know. 25 year. Russ, too. Don't Freed ask me. I don't things. know. Russ got I have no idea. Last year, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So what? <laughs> I didn't know it before. I kind of want to quiz you. <laughs> what number did Marcus Maben wear? I don't know numbers. You don't know. I don't. I'm saying I have. I'm saying it's a problem. Okay. I. I but you're acknowledging Maben wore. <laughs> he wore five. Sure. Yeah, five is a very. That's cool. It's a great number. And I don't there. remember them. For anyone, any of my absolute favorite players ever. You don't remember him? Because Lamar was so heavily marketed in the old ways, yeah. his number became prominent. Like, that was very easy. I don't remember what Teddy wore. Five. Sure. It was five. <laughs> <laughs> Come on. I believe you. I don't remember. I had the teddy bear shirt with the five I can't on do numbers. They, they don't stay. <laughs> I don't do numbers. Not when it comes to like jersey numbers. They just they don't stay. It makes, I'm That's sorry. Well, like, a I'm lot stupid. of them stand out to me, but I understand. Like I get, I get a little on the on the outsides. I can get a little little confused. All right. We're going to take a quick break here, and we're going to talk about this Notre Dame game though, tomorrow with uh, with Brett Dawson on the other side here. On the drive on the Thunderville out here at the back door. Come say hello to us. Grab right back. 